Welcome into DC On Screen episode 399. This is the weekly DCEU news, and don't worry, we're not going to get very spoilery on Wonder Woman. I cut out a bunch of news that, uh, well, that I found to be too spoilery, so we're just going to be talking, uh, you know, about what the producers are saying in vague terms, and I cut a bunch of that crap too, because we've heard a lot of that before. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got a, a recap and review, I guess, coming for Wonder Woman this week anyway. Yeah. And also, you know, they they released this redditor released a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of rumors for the DCEU. Mm-hmm. Not covering that either. Yeah, I saw that, and I thought it's worth leaving out. Yeah, just ignoring that too. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm your host David C. Robertson. This is my co-host Jason Goss. Hello, <laughs> your favorite um, ignorers. What? <laughs> we're- oh, because we're ignoring <laughs> things. Gotcha. We're here to cut out what you might not want to hear. No, um, really, we're, I'm just I'm, we're here to cut out the things that are now boring me. Yeah, and um, you know, also we, we do might... try to have a, like the tiniest amount of integrity. So if it's not qualified news and it's real spoilery, it it gets thrown on the shit pile for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, for people who actually like to go back and or who get into a thing and want to go back and listen to every episode, which is going to be kind of hard now because 399 episodes, come on. But if you do, um, hopefully we won't uh, bore you too much with the same information over and over again. Right. Um, However, uh, we have just started doing a thing where you can call in and leave a voicemail, and we will play that voicemail on the show. We don't have any this episode. We have some on the next episode, though on our DC TV news, but if you would like to call in and leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331. Having a lot of fun with that. Uh, we've gotten way more than I thought we would. Um, <laughs> it's, that, yeah, that has been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman. Oh, man, I'm <laughs> like, I'm counting the hours, dude. <laughs> I mean, it is it is. <laughs> it, it looks is fantastic. It is the 29th. We are, what, some 70 hours away? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, this time, uh, for us, the, about this time in three days, we'll be walking out of it. Like, well, yeah. About right now, three days, we'll actually be on the way back to my house to record our uh, our review. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be good. Oh, it's yeah. going to be good stuff. It's going to be great, man. Looking forward to it. I mean, um, I always like recording our little, like, first take reviews, but um, I'm really looking forward to this movie. Just on top of everything else. Yeah. All right, you want to jump into news? Knock it out. All right, so um, Gagadot was talking to Cinema Blend about Wonder Woman's arc from the movie Wonder Woman to Justice League. She says, when I first, sorry, when I just started, the first time I played Wonder Woman was on Batman v Superman, and it was current day, so I got to the play. I got to play the end result of who Wonder Woman was, and I was very curious to understand and really go through who she is and how she became Wonder Woman. And finally on Wonder Woman, we had the chance to go and dig deep and really establish this beautiful character. She also said she was trying to make Wonder Woman more relatable, and um, she said it was it was going to be really important when Justice League came around. She says... It was really important for Patty and me that this character will be relatable, and I think the fact that she's the most powerful warrior, but she can also be vulnerable. She can be confident, but confused, blunt, but curious. There's so many different qualities to her that make her not perfect and easier for us to relate. She's still Diana, but nowadays she's wiser and more educated about the complexities of life in the world and mankind. But She's always full of compassion and warmth and love for everyone. 
Yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah. Sounds like a great take on the character. Well, uh, mm-hmm. obviously we're all waiting to make sure the execution's there, but, um, I've, I've really dug a lot of the press on where their heads are at, you know, her and Patty Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And Patty was just talking to comicbook.com, uh, in a similar vein, beating the old relatability drum. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that it was very important. That's how I had always wanted to do it. And I had pitched that every, I had pitched that talked about that many times. And then we ended up in a wonderful moment where that was everybody's ambition and everybody embraced a way of doing it, which was wonderful. I would say these kind of movies are important and they're important if for nothing else to inspire us all to imagine that we could be better people and possibly strive to do that in our own lives, to be our own heroes. So I hope that she makes one feel like a hero for a moment. And I hope that that every time something like that happens, it makes someone able to make a more heroic choice in a moment that they can. Oh, that's a nice sentiment. Mm-hmm. She was over on... Was that? No, it's just... It's one of the reasons uh, I love comic books in general, is it, it that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, so she was talking to the CBS... Uh, CBS This Morning's Alex Wagner. Um, and Wagner asked about the character being a, quote, feminist icon while wearing a, quote, skimpy, sexy outfit. He says, some people say you can't have both. What do you say about that? Patty says, I think that that's sexist. I think it's sexist to think you can't have both. I have to ask myself what I would apply to any other superhero. This is fantasy, and it's not for anyone other than the person having the fantasy. I, as a little girl, like, took a huge amount of delight in the idea that for my power and my ability to stop that bully on the playground, I can also look like Linda Carter while doing it. Yeah. I mean, literally a lot of us remember someone named Macho Man Randy Savage Mm -hmm. running around in basically underwear. I, I seem to recall him snapping into a slim gym as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it it, it is though. It's it's uh it's, it's a formalized context that just mm-hmm. doesn't need to be there anymore. Uh, I've you know, I mean, I, when I was growing up, I got a lot of flack for reading comics because the women all were scantily clad, and of course now you hear a lot of people say that that was sexist in the first place. But you know, I'll be damned. I I read a lot of Wolverine comics, and that dude barely ever had clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, it, it, it may, definitely you know. can like, uh, it can be done wrong, but in the right context, it can, it, you, you actually can't have the best of both worlds there. You, you, you can, you can present a perfectly powerful character that doesn't necessarily have to have to meet clothes on. You, yeah. you just have to take the character seriously. Yeah. So, um, segueing from looking like Linda Carter to Linda Carter's thoughts on Wonder Woman. She says, what a wonderful movie. Gal Gadot is fabulous. As Wonder Woman, I had so much fun at the premiere. So that's good. That is good. You know, I didn't, uh, I was, I was grateful that at least, uh, you know, Linda Carter was not going to be one of those actors who were like, well, I had a problem the way <laughs> that the character was portrayed because of the way I portrayed them. Yeah. They're doing an entirely different thing with Gal Gadot than they did with Linda Carter, too. It's, it, it would, mm-hmm. it would have been weird for her to have a problem. Just outright. <laughs> Yeah, by the way, I was um, I was on Twitter earlier, and uh, Scott from the uh, Suicide Squad cast cracked me up. Apparently, his wife asked him where if he knew of anywhere that she could buy the um, the complete Linda Carter series on DVD. And he says he went down into his man cave and came back up producing it, and was like, "Silly wife." <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm like, of course, Scott. How would you think I, I didn't have this? 
Yeah, I have it. It's on my shelf. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> it's right next to the 66 Batman and the 50s uh, George Reeves Superman. That's that's fitting. Right? Oh, and Shazam. Of course, Shazam. Yeah, why the hell not? <laughs> oh. So, um, Liam Sharp, the current artist for Wonder Woman, has also seen the movie. He says, there's so much to love about this movie. Gal is particularly good at the guileless fish-out-of-water humor, and she's just extremely charming. It has, much like Indiana Jones, that Saturday morning matinee feel, adventure for all the family. And in the end, it's all about hope and love, and we could all do with a bit of that. Looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah, nice feedback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, there has there have been reports that there's going to be a new DC intro uh, debuting on Wonder Woman. Umberto Gonzalez uh, has confirmed on Twitter um, that that's true. Someone asked, is it true? And he says, confirmed. It's, and then fire emojis. Five fire emojis, which <laughs> I think is obviously now the universal symbol for um, flammable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ring a fire extinguisher to the premiere when you actually go see it. Hazmat suit. Yeah, whatever you need. It, it, safety first, people. They didn't say it wasn't a chemical fire. Yeah. I think the fire will just pour off screen. <laughs> so, uh, Patty Jenkins was talking to Collider, and this is actually exciting news for me. Um, she says there will be no deleted scenes or extended extended cuts of the movie. I like it. She says, you know, it's not like a long journey didn't happen, but what amazes me is how little has actually changed from the first cut other than tightening. Little changes to the final battle. That was really it. I think that when I ended up finding about the final battle was I was hitting emotional points for Diana that I really wanted to hit, but I felt a craving for some other kinds of emotional gratification and engagement that we tried to accentuate even more. I think what you learn is rhythm, tone, humor, where the jokes are happening, but in our case... I just now can finally say all this. We didn't cut one scene in this movie, nor did we change the order of one scene in this movie from the script that we went in shooting with. That's impressive. That's pretty impressive. I mean, I, I, if those could be damning words, I guess, if it doesn't get well received. But so far, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of the gossip is good, and that's pretty mm-hmm. impressive as far as, as, far as things yeah. go. That's pretty tightly written. Yeah. Now, Patty was also talking to Fandango recently, and um, they were talking about a sequel, possible sequels that hasn't been officially announced yet. And um, eh, give that a month. She did. <laughs> she says it's definitely something I'm very, very, very interested in. I love what we've created, and I love the team that I worked with doing it, and these actors so much that yeah, we're all very excited to talk about continuing forward together. Um, and she did say that. Um, you know, she's interested in, in digging into uh, the time frame between World War One and Batman v Superman. She says it's something that one will know soon. Like, what has she been doing all these years? But it's definitely something I have thought about a lot. So, I, you know, honestly, I want to see 77. I want to see Gal Gadot doing the 77 Wonder Woman thing like Linda Carter. Yeah. Uh, t- <laughs> yeah, I'd be down. Not necessarily as, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins was talking to Kevin McCarthy on on uh, Fox, and she was explaining why it was integral that Wonder Woman be shot on actual film. Yeah. Um, she says, I've come up on shooting film. 
and working on film for a long time. Digital has come a long way. Digital does a lot of great things. There are things I really like about digital. And they are not the same. And there is some sort of strange myth that, oh, you can do everything on digital now. Well, if that was true, why do all the great, great, great filmmakers still shoot on film? Is it because they know less? Is it because they're more haphazard? Is it because they can't move on to new information? No, it's because there's a certain type of epic grandeur escapism that film gives you that you cannot, you will struggle very hard to get that on video. Honestly, I disagree with her. I've heard a lot of, as she puts it, great, 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 great filmmakers talk about how these days they've been shown side-by-side comparisons and they can't tell. No, people, it's one of those like elitist kind of thing. People cannot tell. Come on. Your your average person just wants a good story. They're not worried about. And and they they physically, visually cannot tell the difference. And the thing is, it's like, yes, okay, you're shooting it on film, but you have to put it into a computer. You have to digitize it. Yeah. To do any of these effects and everything. Yeah. So you're just you're just wasting money. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, that's my that's my opinion. I'm sure someone out there is, you know. I mean, it, there there are pro- uh, possible <laughs> exceptions. Like, uh, if I understand correctly, the uh, the Magnificent Eight. Is that what they call the mm-hmm. uh, Tarantino movie? The Magnificent Seven. Seven. Um, he, I think Whatever he actually cut that analog. I think he actually cut the I mean, film for that. So but that's he's not one, one of those that I would consider a great filmmaker. I enjoyed like exactly two movies of his. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> but at least like if he's gonna do it, he stuck to it, and he didn't digitize this thing he spent so much time filming on. Yeah, like I, I, sure. I can at least respect that. Sure, absolutely. But it, it really is the equivalent of like. Um, I, I I used to laugh every time um, something got released on CD that was supposed to be like, ah, so it's, it was recorded so vintage. I'm like, yeah, it's CD, though. You still sample it to zero and one. End of the day. It's zeros mm-hmm. and ones, man. It's, yeah. There's a sampling rate on it. It's high. It's high enough that you probably can't tell, but it's there. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't tell. I, to me, MP3 sounds the same as anything. Um, uh, you know, as Charles McFall would call a cat, a filthy casual. Uh, so. <laughs> I mean, uh, it Whatever. depends on what I'm listening to, and then, oh, God, don't even get me started on, like, well, what speakers were you listening to that with? Yeah, I, I feel like someone somewhere is listening to this show and deciding to turn it off after they've pushed their, you know, vanity glasses up on their nose and went, well, he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I don't care. It, digital is kind of to a point now. Hang with us, guys. It's, it's, it's all, it's saturated such that we can all just, and honestly, we, we should just kind of accept the fact that like you can spend more on, on actors, services, post, you, you, you can make it a better industry if we all just kind of admit that like we can cut that corner. Yeah. I mean, even, even and, the, yeah. you know, the back half of the credits that no one normally gets uh, any credit for really it can mm-hmm. better paycheck for them even come on. Anyway, moving on. Matthew Jensen, the cinematographer for Wonder Woman, told IGN, Every day seemed like a challenge because it was such a big and complicated movie. You okay? Oh, yeah. Swallowed wrong. <laughs> I'll have some La Croix. Make it, uh, mm. make it right. So, Matthew Jensen, Wonder Woman cinematographer, told IGN, Every day seemed like a challenge because it was such a big and complicated movie. Just the knowledge that we were doing Wonder Woman's story, solo, a movie about a lot of people, have been trying to get off the ground for over 20 years, and she is one of the pop culture icons. So, there was a lot of pressure on us to do it correctly. We were setting out to make something close to Richard Donner's Superman, or Batman Begins. 
we wanted to do our story that kind of ju- that kind of justice so every day felt like we had that monkey on our back. You're going to compare Superman with Batman Begins. <laughs> and that's what you were going for? Because those were two, aside from just being a random, just basic origin story, those two movies are totally Vastly different. Very, very different. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the first like half of Superman wasn't that different. But once you get into like Otis and weird, you know, Huckster Lex and Miss <laughs> 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 Tessmacher and all of the music that was like, womp, 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 womp. Yeah. Actually, that was the music from uh, Joker's Favor from the animated Batman series. But whatever. Mm. You know what I mean. Yeah. Lots of tubas. <laughs> <laughs> to indicate humor. Right. This is where you laugh. That's what movies did back then. Like, when there was some, supposed to be something funny, instead of a laugh track, they would be like, womp, 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 womp. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think I remember a few cues like that. Um, so according to Fandango, Wonder Woman is now the most anticipated summer film. Um, is <laughs> they did, Okay, they did a poll, and uh, 10,000 film fans voted online from April 27th to May 19th, which is actually the largest response they've gotten on their moviegoer surveys in 17 years. And they were asked to pick one movie they were looking forward to seeing uh, between Memorial Day and Labor Day. They chose Wonder Woman over Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. They chose it over Stephen King's The Dark Tower. Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. They still, they, they chose it over Spider-Man Homecoming. Ooh, that is surprising. So, um, you know what? Spider-Man Homecoming, you know? I mean, it's fun that Spider-Man's in the Marvel Universe, but we've seen so many Spider-Man movies lately. Who the hell cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I but- mean, I'll go see it. I'll be there with bells on. Well, not bells, but no, something I'll, I'll, I'll be there with bells on. I'll, what does that mean? Anyway? I don't know, but um, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm going to translate to in today's terms. I'm going to be the fuck there. <laughs> Fair enough. So over uh, on Friday, uh, Gal Gadot. Oh, why can't I talk? On Friday, <laughs> Gal Gadot was on live with Kelly and Ryan, and uh, apparently she threw her back out like right before the Thursday night premiere of Wonder Woman. Ooh, that's rough. And she joked, I tried to save the world once again, and it's heavy duty. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. I felt bad for her. Yeah. But, I, you know, I didn't... Did you see this video? The Gal Gadot trains with Conan O'Brien? Yes. It was delightful. <laughs> Conan went to a warehouse on the Warner Brothers lot, and they they trained. Mm. And, you know, of course, he was just being foppish. Foppish. I can't speak. Yeah. Foppish and foolish. Yeah. And uh, being silly. Proper Conan. And then he came out with his... He came out with his, like, superhero late-night talk show host yeah. uniform. I particularly like the C on his belt buckle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It, it, yeah, it really is. So, um, new Wonder Woman tracks have been released. Water Tower Music put out uh, two full tracks. Uh, one of them was to be Human by Sia, featuring Labyrinth, which plays during the closing credits, and I'm pretty happy that it's closing credits that it's going to be in because um, there's no post-credit sequence, so I can just leave and I don't have to listen to Sia. <laughs> I don't have any particular problem with Sia, just not not outright. But <laughs> I, I I really want to thank Warner Brothers for letting me leave and go pee. Yeah, you know what we. <laughs> 
that actually became because we mentioned this last week how we how we we were happy that there was no closing uh there was no stinger at the end of the movie yeah because we wanted to go pee that became a whole conversation for me on twitter <laughs> i'm i'm gonna guess a lot of support actually oh absolutely yeah. absolutely like stingers are so stingers I, are cool but <laughs> come on man we're humans yeah um, so yeah, no, I don't care for Sia. I don't like, uh, I don't like her voice or something. I don't know what it is exactly. I just don't like her stuff. I, I know, I know certain, some of my, my issues with her, but whatever. Um, I'm, I'm happy to not have to listen to that. I don't like this song. I listened to it before the show. And, mm. uh, but, uh, Angel on the Wing by, uh, Rupert Gregson Williams is the other, uh, is the other song they put out. Uh, it's the Wonder Woman composer and it gives us a bit of a taste for the score. So that was pretty cool. Sounds right. Moving on to Justice League, though. Oh. Um, across company lines. Now, we, we talked about this last week. The, the awful, awful news that Autumn Snyder took her own life. Yeah. Uh, and um, and Zach is stepping away from Justice League, and Joss Whedon is coming in to finish up some additional photography and carry the film through post. Sure. And, um, but across company lines, once again, quelling the bullshit DC versus Marvel crap. Um, parties from both DC and Marvel camps have expressed sympathy and well wishes for Zack and Deborah Snyder and their family. Uh, I mean, people like Henry Cavill, James Wan, the Aquaman director, mm-hmm. uh, Wonder Woman's Patty Jenkins, James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and Volume 2, Kevin Smith, we all know who that cat is, Brian Michael Bendis, Jeff Johns, Jim Lee, John Berg, tons of others. They've taken to Instagram and Twitter. And uh, Zack came out and said thanks for the outpouring of support i can't express how much it means to debbie and i and autumn's mother denise at such a difficult time uh so i didn't want to get into all because they're all you know roughly the same to be honest i mean you know what are you supposed to say there's only so many things to say and and uh you know nothing's going to be too life-changing at this point it's just going to be a process for him yeah um but moving on there's been a lot of conversation about what's actually happened uh, when Joss Whedon came on board and, um, you know, there was some, like Joss mentioned a few, what was it like a month ago that he was at Warner brothers talking about something else when he, when they started talking about Batgirl and apparently it was justice league is what that something else was mm. because at the premiere at the premiere in Los Angeles for wonder woman, uh, producer Charles Roven told variety, um, we're excited about the film, of course, but we were saddened by the events that caused Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder to have to leave and turn the reins over to Joss Whedon. He was already working with us on some of the scenes for that additional photography that we're going to be doing shortly. It was fortunate that Zack convinced him and he agreed to step in and finish the movie to help Zack finish his vision. We're excited about that. So apparently, Joss was like, Zack had already brought him in. To do some punch uh, up Well work. before. Yeah. Yeah. And, um,. Now this was. I mean, uh, I had the feeling that this this wasn't going to be. This was going to be a transitional kind of thing. That there was going to be some overlap. Just you don't just like lose Zack Snyder, pick up the phone, and call Joss Whedon. Just doesn't happen Mm -hmm. that way. Yeah, Zack and Deborah. Now, I mean, you know, looking at the timeline though, and this is one of those rare occasions where, like, normally I don't listen to any other podcast until like probably two or three weeks, maybe four weeks after um, they've put out a thing put out an episode but um i did I, I decided to go ahead and listen to the suicide squad cast uh this week and they actually placed 
Joss Whedon's. They tried to figure out a timeline, and they're saying they think is you know Joss Whedon started working on this thing about February, which would be before Autumn uh, committed suicide. So that means well before that Joss Whedon was was working on this movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, if that's the case, then Snyder really did just bring him in yeah. to punch up, and then when uh, he mm-hmm. realized he wasn't going to be able to do this, um, you know, they needed to put his family first at the moment. Then. Whedon, yeah. Whedon was there to pick it up. And, you know, I don't fault Zack Snyder for bringing in Joss Whedon. I mean... No, that's a good pull. I, think, I mean... I think Joss Whedon... That, to me, that sounds like a good decision-making on the part of a good director. Yeah, that's... <laughs> to bring in Joss Whedon to rewrite some... Or, not to rewrite, to just write some, you know, uh, interstitial scenes to go into something yeah. that you need. I mean... That's a great console. yeah. This is old hat for Whedon. Yeah. This is the guy that punched up Toy Story. And yeah. Twister. I mean, he was a an old old style script doctor, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Like him uh, and Patton fantastic. Oswalt could could teach. <laughs> I was going to bring up Patton Oswalt. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring up Patton Oswalt. Well, him and Thomas Lennon, um, actually, surprisingly, and uh, whoever is lighting. Hold on a minute. Actually, I can tell you his writing partner, Robert Ben Garrett, mm. who I don't know as well, and I probably should. But, you know, Joss Whedon is a fantastic writer. He's a fantastic director. I think he's going to pull it, uh, you know, do his, do what he's going to do very well, whatever that happens to be. Uh, Now, some of that DCEU rumor stuff from Reddit said that it was basically just, like, stuff with um, Ray Fisher as a human and some, like, Ben Affleck stuff over the summer. I don't know if that's true, but, um, you know, whatever he's going to do, it's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, we'll literally see. It'll be all right. Yeah. Now, uh, now, Warner Brothers has a booth over at the 2017 Licensing Expo in Las Vegas, and they had a lot of cool pictures of some close-ups of Batman's new costume, the Flash's costume for Justice League, Cyborg, uh, Wonder Woman, and the best one to me, the Aquaman outfit. Did you see any of this stuff? I sent it yeah, to you. Yeah, I, you look I, I at still it? too. Very detailed <laughs> Aquaman outfit. Yeah, it's pretty detailed. Like, gosh, I was impressed with. Look good. Actually, look like you could put that thing on and and roll with it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just excited. Like I don't know. I'm not gonna say you're not gonna chafe a little bit, but you know, gonna make some sacrifices. Oh, that would be awful. It'd be awful to actually try to wear. Gotta gotta make some sacrifices. (laughs) Over to Aquaman though. Uh, Oh, by the way, I I meant to mention this as well. Over at the expo, they had a big Justice League banner and. while the costumes on display excluded Superman, the banner did not. Superman was on the banner for Justice League. Oh, cool. Um, but over over to Aquaman, um, Charles Roven told Cinema Blend, Aquaman is going to be set after Justice League. He says Aquaman will make reference to Justice League. There will be some reference of something that preceded Aquaman that will be an Aquaman. I believe that is the intention. Then he gets kind of weird on us. He says, James definitely knows what he's where he's going with Aquaman and that movie takes place in a world where Justice League happened and Man, and Man of Steel happened and Wonder Woman obviously takes place before Man of Steel except for the bookends we have so that's where we have the most ability to freeform we could do a movie that takes place after Justice League we could do a movie that takes place after BVS well, not really. You can't do a movie in between Batman v Superman and Justice League. Dude, I think you already did. It was called Suicide Squad. Uh, seriously? Yeah. But we can do movies that take place after Justice League, and we can do movies that precede Justice League. I, I think Charles Roven has had a little too much crack that, or something. That just sounds like a pretty caffeinated 
conversation. (laughs) He maybe should have had one less latte before he did that interview. Because that is a lot of sentences for very little information to actually come out of it. Uh, It's like a a paragraph where he just rattles off a bunch of stuff and forgets that they made a whole movie that he was the producer of. (laughs) So... (laughs) Poor guy. Mm. Um, whenever I think of Charles Roven, I think of, um, gosh, Joe Biden. Oh, Biden? Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe, like, Snyder and Warner Brothers, just like, shh, go, go, go. no, sit, sit down, Charles. Yeah, uh, and sit you're, down. you're thinking specifically of the, like, leaving the White House memes? <laughs> no, I actually, I was thinking about, there was some kind of a meme or something. God, there was, those were it some of the funniest things that, those, uh, those that were, were on funny. the internet for a while there. Those were funny. But there was some kind of a thing, I think it was like the, um, oh gosh, I can't remember, it was some kind of event, but they were, there was a whole storyline that someone put pieced together with Photoshop where they had given Joe Biden the wrong directions and he was like hitchhiking trying to figure out where it was because they wanted him to not be there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. He was the Dan Quayle of this generation. Let's just, (laughs) I I can say one thing objectively, uh, irrefutably about Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great teeth. He has good teeth. Man has great teeth. That, That just, I don't, I don't know about his work as a politician, but I would be down for seeing him uh, do a role as um, he actually shows up in Parks and Rec, and he's pretty phenomenal. Oh, that would be funny. But um, he, um, I think he could really do Golden Age Joker. Yeah, or uh, that that cat from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, the Cheshire Cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we know that Black Manta is going to be played by Yahya Abdin. Uh, sorry, Yahya Abdul Mateen the second. And um, we know that in the comics, the reason Black Manta hates Aquaman is because of the death of his father. And it looks like his father in the movie will be played by actor Michael Bench. Uh, sorry, Beach. I almost said Bench for some reason. Why not? Michael Beach, who uh, was seen um, in a photo Mateen shared on Instagram from the set. He's also known for several roles, including uh, Monty Parker on Third Watch, Barnes in the Abyss, and Detective Sindel in Insidious Chapter 2. And if you don't believe me, you can go to IMDb, where I found all of that information, because I've never heard of the cat. Yeah, none of those sound familiar to me. Me either. I mean, I know about the Abyss and Third Watch. I've heard about the Insidious Chapter 2. I've heard of these things, but I didn't didn't see them. (laughs) No, none of that's on my radar. Sorry, guy. Um, He was asked recently if he was playing the role of uh, Black Manta's father, and he said yes or no. Correct. I don't know what that means, but uh, apparently uh, he may be uh, auditioning in real life for the role of the Riddler. Hmm. I wasn't being serious. You sounded like you were serious when you... I'm, you sounded like you took me seriously. I was as was deeply confused by that or uh, as I was the response. Yes or no. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a good joke teller. Like, I, I was waiting for the, for the other foot as far as, like, it, okay, well, if we can get away with yes or no. Correct as a response, then yeah, sure. Why? Why the hell not? Yeah, I guess he's gonna do that too. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go. I mean, I'm I gonna go walk on the ceiling for a little while. <laughs> uh, so unfortunate news. I was really excited about this news. 
Um, it looks like we've lost Doug Lyman uh, as the director of Justice League Dark. He hasn't died or anything. He's just he's just there was gonna, a scheduling just going to go away. There was, there was a scheduling conflict. Apparently, that's what Variety says, and I trust everything Variety says. Yeah, they actually are and, pretty good at the job. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know, but. I'm sorry to see Doug Lyman go. I liked his work on uh, Edge of Tomorrow, or as the DVD calls it, uh, Live, Die, Repeat, or <laughs> yeah, whatever. I they tried to redo that. <laughs> yeah, they tried to rebrand that whole movie, buddy. But the graphic novel that it was based on was called Everything, or sorry, what was it called? Um, All You Need Is Kill. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it was a good movie. It was a pretty good movie. And that's coming from someone who cannot stand Tom Cruise. Yeah. It, it, uh, he, he's gotten to be such a personality now that I can't like suspend disbelief long enough to watch him. But it was a good movie. It actually played into... It transcended like, Tom Cruise. It transcended Tom Cruise by utilizing Tom Cruise's reputation, if that makes sense. It does not, but I'll trust you. Well, okay. The whole reason I mean, that I, he gets... like I see the concept of what you're saying. I just don't... Well, he's like a military guy during this big war with these like uh, like quantum aliens, yeah, who are who are like re- constantly rewriting time. It's sort of like a time war on Earth, and these uh, uh, he's just a dick. He's just <laughs> a shiny, smiley dick, and he pisses the wrong people off, and they decide to throw him to the front lines. So, but he winds up it, becoming this like big hero who who's unknown, of course, yeah. and has to keep dying. And every time he dies, because he was too close to a thing, he reverts and like learns more. He remembers everything, so he learns to be this like great, perfect soldier. It's a whole thing, but but uh, the first part of it of, didn't uh, stretch your imagine too much. Yeah, no, yeah. it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's the guy that died recently? Uh, so many. I can never remember his name. Roger Moore? Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton was in this movie, and he was phenomenal. Just absolutely phenomenal. Hilarious. It, the Edge of Tomorrow is worth seeing just for Bill Paxton, honestly. That's fair. I might get bored over the summer and uh, pull that one out. Anyway, so they're talking about... There are rumors surrounding uh, who might be on the short list for this thing. Stephen King's It remake director, Andy Muschietti... Uh, is looking like he might be a front runner. Uh, Damien Zifron, uh, who is an Argentinian filmmaker, they're talking about him. Maybe his name has been floating around on the internets, and uh, he did this movie called Wild Tales, which was a uh, Oscar nominated for best foreign film a few years ago. And he's been tapped to script the six million six billion dollar man script. Mm. So, um, you know, who knows? Who knows? It looks like Justice League Dark is going to be hanging back for a minute. Yeah. Which I'm fairly certain it won't be called Dark Universe because of the Universal uh, Dark Universe thing. Eh. The mummy and all that BS. That's a coin toss. I mean, I see your point. I'm just still, I'd still put it on heads or tails status. Mm. I don't know, man. So we're on uh, Ben Affleck for the Red Nose Day. Oh, the they Red did, Nose uh, Day. He did a Christian Bale Batman voice. It was all for. It was all very staged. Like the kids, like it was even clear that the kid wasn't there with Affleck. Yeah, yeah. 
It's just like the kid's like, I want to see Ben Affleck do Batman voice. And he does the Batman voice. Like, no, I want to see you do the Christian Bale Batman voice. And he does that. And he's like, maybe I just want Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually was. It's pretty good, pretty good chuckle. Uh, Purple Lamborghini just went platinum. You know, old Skrillex and Rick Ross. Uh, that single that came out back in 2016. I gotta admit that's kind of surprising, but okay. Man, I mean, it won a Grammy Award nom. Whatever. Go for it. Just went platinum. Yeah. All right, on to fan feedback. We're going to do that now. <laughs> this show's quickly becoming... It's gonna, our show's quickly starting to sound just like Rick and Morty. It's like, all right, all right yeah, now, we're, now we're doing the thing. And the fan feedback, that's, that's the feedback where the fans give us feedback. Yeah. And... <laughs> we're going to slowly morph into where like I'll just be in charge of burping periodically and and uh you you just ask, you know, ask me a question every now and then and then uh demean me and move on to the next topic and I'll just like All yeah, right. well, it'll it'll be like the perfect soundtrack. <laughs> I think we can do this. All right. All right. So we got some fan feedback here. Uh first up DC TV Squadcast. So, uh, they shared our episode from last week, our DC EU episode last week. It said, this is the DC on screen episode I mentioned that had a great discussion on the Snyder news, which means that they also mentioned us on their show. So much thanks to that. And always appreciate it. Uh, they have a great show as well. So, uh, go and check out the DC TV squad cast. Yeah. Uh, Rick story, old man, Rick 68 on Twitter says the movie news episode made me laugh out loud. Thanks for the shout out voicemail. Number three WTF. That was the uh, voicemail where the guy was, I assume a guy was saying that they soiled themselves and that they were just an old widow woman. And, uh, we don't <laughs> it, it was somewhere between gibberish and polywalk. <laughs> yeah. Rick says, at least he's all right. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever that was seems to have not, called us instead of 911. So th- that's right. end of the day, I guess that's a good thing. Right. Brooklyn Batman at a band apart 94 on Twitter says, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's worried about missing a scene from Wonder Woman because I have to pee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not drinking anything before it. No, I, I seriously, I trained for the Marvel movies. Like a lot of my day when I know I'm going to see a Marvel movie involves intake of liquids. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Brent Clark, one of the hosts of DC TV Squadcast at Brentech Prime says at DC on screen, I got a Switch, Nintendo Switch last Friday. Mario Kart continues to be a blast. <laughs> which is always it's just nice. I've never complained. Anytime I've sat down and played Mario Kart, Monday is better. <laughs> it's just <laughs> When does that ever hurt something? Yeah. Yeah, no. All right, and lastly, Yoda Hugh, kind of on a sad note to end on. I don't know why I put this one last, Aww. but whatever. Yoda Hugh at Jay Hewings over on Twitter says, I didn't want Snyder to direct Justice League, but not like this. Thoughts go out to the Snyder family in this terrible time. Uh, well, I did want Zack Snyder to direct Justice League, and uh, I feel like somehow I'm getting the best of both worlds, and I feel terrible that it has to be this, this because of this. Because I love Joss Whedon. And I love Zack Snyder a lot of the time. And, uh, you know, I think it'll still be a, a great movie, or at the very least a very good movie. 
And uh, but I, if if you know, obviously I would choose for this not to happen. Obviously, I um, um it, I mean that I got to give him credit though. That's I, I guess that, that that's the right attitude here. Like, yeah, I mean there were, were there were going to be a lot of cheap, inhumane jokes at Snyder's expense right now, and oh, and there have yeah. been. Like I've been I've been actively blocking people from my Twitter feed because of just some of the terrible. Uh, just disgusting things people are saying. Yeah. And I make pretty inappropriate jokes, but even I was going like, oh, God, dude, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, that I got to appreciate the attitude, though, of like, yeah, I mean, if you didn't want Snyder to pinch hit, if you wanted someone else at least to pinch hit for Snyder, then, yeah, this is the mm. least, uh, least agreeable method of, of having that happen, but. And I don't think it's going to be what the what all these people are like. Oh, finally! I don't think it's going to be what they're wanting anyway. No, I mean he's just going to he's he is it's it's pinching. He's going to come in for a couple scenes, knock yeah. it out. And um, if Squadcast is right about it being um, or Suicide Squadcast is right about it being you know several months that he's been working on this, then we may get a little more hand in the pie than we're expecting right now. Mm-hmm. But. And, and that's good. I mean, it really is. Like Whedon's uh, terrific, and I, I, I do like the idea that this is more organic than reactionary. But yeah, um, it it's still there's there's Whedon only has a so tasty much. hand. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's, it's a good looking mano you got there, buddy. All right, that's gonna do. <laughs> that's a good note. I think um, that's where you call it. That's where we call it. Uh, we are DC on screen. You can find every episode at dconscreen.com. By the way, we are officially listed on the DC Comics website. Ooh. If you go to DC Fans and go to their podcast section, we are listed there officially with a handful of other podcasts. There are a lot of other podcasts they haven't put up there, but we're one of them that they have. So I'm very grateful for that and honored to be listed among those. Um, Someone stopped at seven when they were doing that section of the website, and we somehow made it. <laughs> Someone chose seven and went, eh, that's probably yeah, good. Do. Um, <laughs> how can this be? They haven't updated it in two years. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you can find us on Twitter. We are having, like, seriously, if you guys, if someone out there left us a comment or or feedback or something. And even the people who did, there was a lot more feedback that I could have put in this show. But you know what? We just can't. We are now officially, uh, we are above the threshold for comments we can put into the show. Uh, We can't include everything anymore, is what I'm saying. I wish I could. But, you know, like I said, we have full conversations with people on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, we will get back to you. We will have full-on conversations with yeah. you throughout the day. We just can't include all of that in the show because that's all the show would be. Um, so we just we're. I'm at, Some I'm would argue that might be the, an improvement. Yeah, I'm in the unenviable. Is that a word? Unenviable. Yes, <laughs> unenviable is a is an actual I, word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not the way I said it before. That was weird. <laughs> Without all the W's, but, it was it was a word. <laughs> I'm in the unenviable uh, position. Of having to try to, you know, take apart these, um, some of these comments and, and say like, this is, this is the heart of it. We, this is the best, these are the best comments. And then not like 
include our entire conversation yeah. and trying to pick the best of the best and the ones that I, I, you know, without actually offending anyone because a lot of people have a lot of great comments and we just can't put them all up. Yep. A lot of you guys we've become friends with and we will actually have conversations and I'm sorry it can't be the, you know, I, I it can't be the the Dave and Jason and Scott Madison show, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, you can find us on Twitter. We do enjoy. We love talking to you guys. DC on screen, one word. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash DC on screen. And uh, we, we had a great conversation over there. We'll talk about that more uh, in the next episode. But um, we enjoy talking to you guys a lot. Instagram, DC on screen. And um, until next time, which is the 400th episode, by the way, keep some DC on your screen. <laughs>